Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think it's kind of like anything else that's sort of like a little bit of baggage that you might have with you. It's kind of like not about the issue and more about like how you're framing it and how you're dealing with it. So if you're like, yeah, I've got like $200,000 in student debt and like, we'll see what happens. Like I have no plans. (laughs) You know, like that's just life. Like that would probably scare me a lot more Mm -hmm. as like someone who was dating you than if you were like, yeah, I've got this debt, but like, here's my plan to like pay it off. And like, I've got it under control. And like, I have a plan. I have a way that I'm dealing with it. I'm just not like dating until like I can find someone to pay it off for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and I totally agree with like, listen, everyone has a house. Is it in order or is it not? Like I, I don't want to date someone with a house that's out of order. You know, having debt isn't the problem is just like Jordana said, like, it's just not dealing with it. Like, mm-hmm. like if someone told me I have a hundred thousand in debt and I pay a hundred dollars a week and I'll pay it off when I'm 52 years old, I'd be like, good for you. Like yeah. that, that isn't like, at least you have a plan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Molly Demilier. And we have two of our favorite past guests yes. this week together. <laughs> so excited. Uh, we have Jared uh, Jared Freed and Jordana Abraham from the You Up podcast mm-hmm. together talking all about finances and relationships. This was such a fun episode. I, I feel like I was just like, in my glory talking to them both on the screen Mm -hmm. together it was it was so so much fun and absolutely everybody knows we adore them and and love everything that they do and it was just really neat to get their perspective on finances yeah Um, they have two different situations they do but both are living with their partners now Mm -hmm. so i i loved it it's intriguing they get you know they get personal not too personal but personal and very honest and i don't know i i love this whole app do you feel like there's anything that we didn't cover with them that you felt like you wanted to add I mean, I just think the thing that's so interesting about money and why I wanted to talk about it is that it's something that people always say you can't talk about, but it's Mm. also something that everybody makes assumptions about. Yes, very true. You know, that it's like you, like I think about the way that I grew up. It's like everybody always thought that I was like the rich kid when I went over to the public school because I went to like a private school at first and my first day of school when I said the street that I lived on, I didn't know that it had like a stigma for being for like the rich people and people wouldn't talk to me. Are you serious? Yeah. This girl was like, oh, you're a rich kid. I can't talk to you. I had no idea. And like that is not like my mom was a teacher. My dad was like a traveling salesman. Like that is not what. And so I'm like, oh, people just think because of the street that I live on that we're like loaded and I'm this just like rich bitch, which was like the furthest thing from the case. Like, so that was something that just growing up had always been so, so different to me of like, then I just had to start telling people like, 
oh i live near the lake so i just had to sound like a moron like i didn't really know where i lived (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't want people to know because i was like i don't want them to think these things about me yeah but yeah and it's just it's so interesting because i'm like oh no one ever asked but they made these assumptions about my character and that wasn't like the only time that that happened Mm -hmm. and like i went home and i talked to my mom about it and she was like yeah she was like you can't tell people anymore like where we live in that school because the school that i had been to like all the kids in my neighborhood pretty much went to so that's why i also didn't know it's just because i had you know grown up we all went to this other school and then when i wanted to play sports we switched to the public school yeah no idea damn yeah how old were you switched it was sixth grade Okay. So right before middle so school. That's, but that's like a good, like, young enough where it's like high school would be tough of just making friends. Oh, yeah. Like, to get this, like, rich thing that people yeah. were saying to you. But I just was like, oh, yeah. Like, middle school, I feel like, is everyone goes in with certain friends and comes out with different friends for yeah. the most part. For women, anyway. Yeah. It's like that's when a lot of the cattiness and clicks and whatever form. Yeah. But I was like, damn. No, it was crazy. And that was also, like, during the time where, like, I knew we weren't loaded by any means because, like, my dad had just gotten rid of his business because mm. uh he was in travel and after 9-11 he like had to get rid of it oh yeah and so he, the job that he took like money was tight mm-hmm. and you know my mom like i said was a teacher like we were we were budget family and like we would talk about it we would you know we knew like how much we could spend on groceries like we were we kept things really tight so it's like my parents hustled so hard and so yeah. i was just so confused right so i just i think it's fascinating to have a conversation about how people talk about money with their partner because it's such like a personal thing mm-hmm. and not without making assumptions about them too yeah jared has a great great quote he says of everybody has a house Mm -hmm. and is your house in order though yeah so it's just like yeah a lot of people are not living below their means or are living exactly to their means so they're not saving anything yeah so there's a lot of people that might seem really flashy and they have all this money and it's like they actually could be in way worse financial standing yeah than someone that you would maybe assume just based on their house size yeah isn't doing as well yeah so, it's so many people don't understand disposable income and that like yeah because you make two thousand dollars a month doesn't mean you shouldn't get an apartment that's fifteen hundred dollars a yeah, month right, <laughs> you know exactly. like those decisions well it's funny i budget stuff out especially like we're moving and the place is more expensive and i remember i sat and i budgeted but when i budget i put in my paychecks after like what's taken out yeah of course like i'm like but i was sitting there being like wow maybe there are people that it's like or especially i guess with your first job you might make that assumption yeah even how much gets taken out <laughs> and, and then you, you look know, at a pay stuff and you're like Fuck. right right well when i do freelance work like it's 30 percent which wow, is that's literally a lot. higher but so then i've always just learned to calculate 30 percent of anything yeah. i make 30 percent. and um actually an interesting thing i listened to whitney cummings talk about finances because she never had money ever mm-hmm. and then she was making a crazy amount of money but she didn't realize because it's you know freelance comedy mm-hmm. she's making so much money it was gonna be 50 percent. damn and she like had a meeting with a financial advisor and she was like they just taught me to be like okay if you're gonna go buy a shirt and the shirt is 60 dollars he goes, you need to think this shirt is $120 because wow. that's how much money you need to make to buy that shirt. Wow. Like, but it helped her with like spending because she yeah. actually had a bunch of debt and owed like a bunch of money like for taxes. and It was wild. Yeah. But she's someone too. Like I look at her, I'm like, you're so amazing, successful. And she is. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, wow. Like there were years where you were making so much money, but you, your tax ways completely changed. Yeah. So you were like, oh, I'm not making as much as I thought. 
yeah. I was before. And I was like, that's a mind fuck too. That's nuts. Especially yeah. when she was like, I, n- I never had anyone that had money or made that much money that knew what the taxes even were. Yeah. So she's like, that's crazy. Yeah. She's like, I, I, that was very, very interesting. I saw like some clip where she was talking about it. Wow. But I kind of was like, damn, what a baller place to be. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm getting taxed at 50%. <laughs> like, I was it's like, the goal, but it's not the goal. Yeah. Like it's like pretty <laughs> badass. But at the same time, I was like, oh, that is a mind fuck. Yeah. But, um, Speaking of money, uh, you guys want to join the Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> Help us get taxed fifty percent. Yeah, right. I uh, know, Th- or thirty. I don't even know what's happening. Depends. Honestly, depends on what it makes for the year. So that's up to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you want us to get taxed more? Join the Patreon. <laughs> we'll, we'll contribute more to the economy. Uh, but yeah, Patreon.com/slash/shooters/gotta-shoot. A lot of stuff going on there, uh, especially as the weather's getting warmer. There we got are some sh- stories. Shots being shot, and yep. we are having a good time. Yep. Uh, but yeah, join us. It's five bucks a month minimum if you want to get the stories, get the juice. Um, but also, if you want to support the pod in a free way, just leave us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out. And uh, I think that's it. We got to get to our guests. Yeah, let's do it. Woo! I was born to flex. Yes. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like morning sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than checks. Money. All I really want to see is the money. I don't really need to be any the money. All a bad bitch need is the money. I got pants in the coop. Um, you've heard them on the You Up podcast. They are a repeat guest by request. It's Jordana Abraham and Jared Freed. Thanks so much for coming back, guys. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to to be back with Jared this time. Absolutely. Yeah, you got us both. This is great. Yeah, we are especially excited because we're going to be talking about finances in relationships and... um, Molly and I don't have experience in that department yet, so, you know, we always talk about what would we do, and it's great to have both of you on, who have now moved in uh, with your partners. And we love talking about money. Like, it's one, I think it's because people are like, oh, you shouldn't talk about this, and we're like, we would love to talk to you about this then. Um, So first to start, uh, Jordana, you have something that we have referred to as the Jordana Method. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I feel very honored. (laughs) Look at that. Trademark it. Well, we mostly loved, because I have never heard of people doing this before, and Molly and I think this is an awesome idea, of basically when you moved in with your partner, you guys opened a joint credit card together, and correct me if I'm wrong, bank account together as well? So the bank account didn't come until, the joint bank account didn't come until we were engaged. Oh, okay. All right. The joint credit card happened when we were moving in together. I got the idea from Aileen, my Betch's co-founder, actually, who had moved in with her boyfriend and done the same thing before. So it's really, I guess, the Aileen method, but I'll take the credit for it. And it just made, I would say, like the opening of the credit card together just made it easier because it was like we were buying new furniture for the apartment. We were like spending a lot more, I would say, even more time together buying like all our meals together. It was just like an easier thing, I think, than like either like switching off paying or one person paying. It just made every decision like that much easier. It's just like, well, put it on this credit card and then we would split the the bill at the end of the month. It was like just easier to think about in that way. If I could add on to that, I think like now hearing hearing you talk about it, Jordana, like I'm like, the good about it is it kind of like gamifies it. It takes a difficult conversation and makes it such a not like makes it such a not personal and emotional thing. Like it does, like you just go, is it a card thing or not a card thing? Like that's a more fun conversation than 
so what are we doing about this money we have to talk about? <laughs> like, just like, like I like, cause I'm hearing you talk about it and I don't have this such, I don't have the Jordana method going on in my apartment, <laughs> but I, but I do think that this takes a lot of the fear of talking about it out of it. Cause it's just like, is it a card thing or not a card thing is, is a little bit easier. Don't has yeah. that been the thing? Yeah, definitely. And I think talking about like almost like gamifying it in a way, like I know you're in the Delta points game, Jared, but absolutely. <laughs> now we're in the credit card points game together. And it's kind of like, it started, I think it was a great thing to do as our relationship got more serious. Cause it's like, it's like, you know, these are our points where now we have like a ton of points we're going to use for our honeymoon. So it's like, Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like, making it so we had like more of a shared like when we're looking at it now like how much we're spending we're looking at one number at the end of the month and that's like how much we spend as a couple together and especially like in covid like that's i would say the vast majority of what we're spending we're spending together because we don't have any other plans or friends (laughs) and or hobbies and the payment at the end of the month at the very beginning was it right down the middle or did you do it based on income it was just down it, in the beginning. It was down the middle. Our rents down the middle. And then once we got engaged, we opened a, a joint bank account together, mostly because we were like putting in money for our wedding. So like if any of our parents wanted to contribute, it would like go into that. And it was easier just to be able to pay out of like one thing and to just see as a couple how much like we were dealing with when we we're making these other decisions. And that started to change the way we put into it. And now it's sort of put in by percent. We each put in like a percent of our, any money we get, whether that's like a salary or bonus or anything like that, or any, anything that comes in, part of it goes to our personal and part of it goes to our joint. We still have our own separate bank accounts. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like that, like filtering down method instead of just, I I think like a lot of us from like our parents' generation thought like, okay, the day you move in and get married, all of a sudden you have one bank account and then you move on from there. And I kind of like this, like slowly paring it down. So you still have like your, your money to work with for the things that you want to do. Yeah. And I think the joint account and the percent thing also just, it actually almost like makes you feel like more of a team. I think because it's like when you win, I win. When you get a raise, I get a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. You know what I mean? Also true, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it makes it like when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's like bad for both of you. But it just kind of makes you like you're on one side together and like anything you gain is for the both of you and anything that like you lose is is not for the both of you. But also like I do think it's really important to have your own separate bank accounts because like everything else is so combined you're living together you're in the same bed like you can have your own money i think it's like very nice to be able to spend what you want to spend without having to like run something by someone mm-hmm. do you think that's something that people should have for like the entirety of a relationship like do you ever foresee yourself getting rid of your personal bank account um no i don't i don't i don't see like why i think first i get i get i have friends who are like you know it's all one pot but I'm kind of like, there's so much shit that I want to spend on or like for him, it's like, there's, there's, there's more stuff that I want to spend on that. He's like, we don't need that. <laughs> Where I'm like, I, if I, you know what I mean? It's like, just gives me more personal freedom. I don't think every aspect of our lives needs to be like, so intertwined that like, I couldn't decide where I want to go on a trip with my friends and spend whatever I want. Cause it's in my own, you know, bank account. I think it just makes it so like the, the things we do together, we have to be on the same page on, but like also we're allowed to have different interests and different things that we want to spend money on. And that comes from our own personal like accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, what about you? Do you think in the future when you're married, you will combine everything or do you think you'll kind of do a hybrid like Jordana's doing? 
I think it would be a hybrid. That would probably be more. And especially because, like, I think it's different, too, based on the ages you get together with someone. Like, there's so, like, listen, if you're college sweethearts or high school sweethearts, like, I think that's a totally different thing where you're like some people, you know, us New York City people would be like, who, who gets married to their college sweetheart? It's like, <laughs> no, there's, pe- you know, like, but like there are people out there that's like you guys are like growing up together. Like, you know, Jordana, you met Mike when you were what, 28 or something like you already were starting yeah. a, you were starting a business. You had a business like you had your own thing going on like that. He didn't wasn't there creating with you. Like I can understand where someone's like. No, when you went off to work, like where everything's just combined because it's like at 23, you know, they, you know, you both are in the same boat where you're starting your career. So like, I do think a hybrid makes sense when it's like in these kind of like older relationships. I'm 36 right now. And I'm like, yeah, there's going to be things that are ours. There's going to be things that are mine. There's going to be things that are hers. And I think that's like, I think, again, what Jordana did with the Jordana method is like such a um I think that helps it because how do you know what's yours and mine and ours it's mm-hmm. it, and that becomes a very emotional and tough conversation yeah also like when both of you are 23 fresh out of college it's like you can't afford a one bedroom on your own you need dual income yeah. <laughs> to even afford yeah. a one bedroom or a house <laughs> right. and a mortgage payment whatever it is I think it's interesting to think about the stuff before you got together, too. And one of the things that always crosses my mind is student loan debt. Like, I'm someone, I have a lot of student loans. So it's like, would my partner have to take on my debt? Or is that something that people should, you know, as they get further in their relationship, they should always individually pay on? That's a tough one. It's a good (laughs) question. Yeah, I, I think that's different for everybody. I think, like, like I, I would definitely think to myself, like, Oh, you have this debt. Like, I think like you get married, like that becomes both your debt. Like it's part, like you guys go buy a house together. Like you're both on the mortgage. You're both on the, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you, you both, your credit scores are kind of looked at, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, your yeah. tax returns yeah. are filed together, whether you have your separate together. account or you don't like yeah. <laughs> your income is filed together. So, so yeah, that's a part of the relationship thing. I don't know. Like if I was making, you know, no money and then my wife was like, and here's my debt. I'd be like, oh, God, Um, (laughs) I'd be a little bit maybe, you know, there would have to be a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of an interesting thing that I find of when to bring something like that up in dating, because I think sometimes men, especially New York City men with really good jobs, they might think that a woman is just trying to like get it paid for. But student debt is something that people really talk about. So it's like, okay, how do I not come across as dishonest of having this big debt that I have to pay, but also not make you think that I'm just trying to get someone to pay my bill for me? I think it's kind of like anything else that's sort of like a little bit of baggage that you might have with you. It's kind of like not about the issue and more about like how you're framing it and how you're dealing with it. So if you're like, yeah, I've got like $200,000 in student debt and like, we'll see what happens. Like I have no plans. (laughs) You know, like that's just life. Like that would probably scare me a lot more Mm -hmm. as like someone who was dating you than if you were like, yeah, I've got this debt, but like, here's my plan to like, pay it off and like I've got it under control and like this is my you know like I have a I have a plan I have a way that I'm dealing with it I'm just not like dating until like I can find someone to pay it off for me (laughs) yeah yeah I think that and I totally agree with like it's it's listen 
everyone has a house. Is it in order or is it not? Like, I, I don't want to date someone with a house that's out of order. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have, and that could not mean, that could mean debt. That could be, you know, having debt isn't the problem is just like Jordana said, like, it's just not dealing with it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're like, yeah, I'm going to pay the, like, if someone told me I have 100000 in debt and I pay $100 a week and I'll pay it off when I'm 52 years old, I'd be like, good for you. Like that, that isn't like, at least you have a plan. Like, (laughs) you know, like I, I I would be like, okay, but you know, I've, I've dated people in the past where they're like, I have, you know, where they've been like, I have this debt that I could pay, but I don't want like my, you know, I don't want my family knowing about it. And, Mm -hmm. and then you see stuff like that and you go, yeah, that's a can of worms. I don't know if I'm ready to open up you know (laughs) like and that could be again that doesn't have to be money that could be anything like you know some people get into dating to like fix their problems with dating and it's like or they're like (laughs) very true (laughs) so it's like you know you find that out as you get involved with someone you're like oh this person has you know like i've been guilty of that too like i'm not above that i'm just saying like sometimes you're like oh i wasn't ready to be in this and that can happen to anybody i think right Definitely. yeah i think that's just like it's almost like much i feel like it's much more attractive in anyone if you feel like they're dating you because they want to not because they like have to whether because whether that's like because of like their their loans or their financial situation or because they're like lonely or like sad it's like you want them, them to feel like they would be great without you but you guys come together and have a lot of fun well, I was just thinking like depression, like think of something like depression. Like if you dated someone with depression and they're like, I go to therapy, you know, this is how I deal with it. Like I love my therapist or I, I, I'm, you know, at least they're in that game of dealing with it. If, if someone just says, yeah, I'm fucking depressed. I like, that's a tougher person to date for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say moving in with someone I feel like is very eye opening in terms of finances, even just discussing like budget for the apartment, mm-hmm. because someone might say, well, I can afford let's just say like a thousand a month, but they might go, well, I like paying 800 a month because I save $200 every month into my bank account. Mm -hmm. Like something like that is also just giving you a little window. Like, Oh, okay. They try to live below their means or they're like planning for the future, um, in some way. But, uh, we did want to get to you, Jared, because you have a different um, situation in your relationship. (laughs) So before you moved in with your partner, you actually owned your own place, but then Mm -hmm. you decided to rent an apartment somewhere else together. So we wanted to ask, I assume before you moved, you were like, hey, why don't you just move in here? And what essentially yes. made you decide against that and, and change your mind? Well, I think that, you know, this has been a difficult thing for my relationship. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I think like, you know, I did. I said move up here. And then, you know, Jordana and I talked about it where it's like women just don't want to like move in like like clothing on the shelf right Jordana like that was yeah I've had a lot of friends who've like you know they didn't want to move into the guys because they felt like they were moving into their apartment they weren't moving Mm -hmm. into like an apartment that was like kind of both of their homes and then like I don't know I think there's a lot of like who else has like been like has he like slept with in here and like it's there's a little bit of I mean maybe irrational or irrational but I do think there's a sense of like we want our own new fresh start new place thing that a lot of people have that makes perfect sense to me. Like I, I hear that rebuttal and I go, okay, I get it. Yeah. So then I, so then I was like, okay, what's the process here? And this is kind of like when I'm looking at dating stuff, I'm like, you have to do one thing before the other. So I was like, let's put the apartment on 
a rental site, see what happens. And, you know, I talked to my parents. I'm like, what do you guys think? My dad was like, here's the pros and cons of having someone rent your apartment. They're going to shit it up. They don't care about your apartment as much as you do. You care about that place. That person's just coming in to kick down walls. Okay, fine. Like, I, I <laughs> okay, so then there's, you know, now there's, again, when we talk about money, now there's like, okay, now I hear like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Okay, I'm going to have to have this much money hypothetically like i'm gonna set aside this much money to repairs dishwasher sink like i have to now be that person and it's Mm like but i'm doing that because i love my girlfriend and i was like i want to take this next step in our lives and so we put the apartment on the market and it like three minutes gone like wow renters right away so i'm like Shit. You know, there's there's a piece of me that's like, I'm a I'm a real estate mogul. You know, like I, I was like, like I should have charged seven times this. You know, like you get in your yeah. head, like, oh, I should have charged this much. Now you start thinking like a landlord, you know? Like, and it's and so then COVID happens, we move into our place. Our place isn't cheap. We moved in this nice apartment, nice amenities, it's a beautiful building. I'm living better than I've probably ever lived before just because a woman's touch is just unbelievable. <laughs> like, like, like hanging things on the wall, you know, like the bed is made. Toilet seats down. Toilet seats down. Like this is a whole new world for me. And I'm enjoying the luxuries of that. And then uh, midway through co- or COVID, I get a message from the tenants being like, we got to move. We got to leave. Oh, wow. and, and I'm like, OK, this is a problem. Um, I can't just sit here paying a mortgage and rent. Um, I had, they were on a two year lease. So like the idea of this hat again for all of us, the idea of a global pandemic, making it so that we're on the Jetsons right now doing video conferencing. (laughs) None of us saw this coming. So like, this is what happens though, is like, um, it was kind of my first taste of like a real relationship problem that wasn't, we can't order all the appetizers at brunch. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, Very and, true. and I I think that's, you know, and I'm older, like, you know, everyone, I think what you find out is like, you find out more about you and your partner and how you guys are in times of like, what are we going to do versus we should move in? Like, I think we should move in is fun and beautiful and look at the couch online and oh my God, we're going to have this great neighborhood. We're going to go to dinners. And then it becomes what are we going to do? And that's a different conversation. And it's like, well, I don't want to move up there. And I'm like, well, I don't either, but I also need to see, you know, I don't want to spend this much a month that I can't really afford. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, then you're like, wow, I'm, I, I get, I said this in like over the summer, I was like, pandemic either made you younger or made you older. And yeah, very true. It, it's like, you know, the pandemic either made you move back in living in your high school bedroom. You're 16 again, Backstreet Boys posters on the wall (laughs) or it made you and your partner have to have real conversations of like so and we found out we couldn't get out of the lease I'm looking for tenants for my apartment I ended up finding a tenant you know they're paying less than what I would like someone to pay I'm like you know and so now I'm in this different financial situation dealing with that dealing with like you know you don't want to like Get, you're like, oh, man, we should have just moved in here. And you can't look at life that way. Like, I don't – I try not to, you know. So it's, again, like these conversations are hard, and it's hard to, like – it's hard to, like, not look back and, like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but, like, also 
it's just that that's not good for anything. Yeah. Well, statistically, the there's a stat that's like when couples move in together before they get married, they're actually more likely to split up. And when they break it down, that's not true. It's if you move into someone else's apartment, you are more likely to like split up. If you actually both yeah, go get your own place together mm-hmm. and there's like a plan and there's a conversation and it's our place, you are more likely to work out. So statistically, Jared, mm-hmm. you actually Jess have made the right the move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jess would like to hear that. (laughs) So I'm curious for both of you guys, what piece of advice would you give to someone who sees moving in with their partner in who is thinking about moving in with their partner in the near future? And they're trying to have discussions around the budget and how to divide rent or mortgage if it's a house. Yeah. So like how to uh, start those conversations. I think those are really, really important conversations that everyone assumes like, we'll just kind of like figure it out, but it actually can show you like the way you think about money and your values and all that. I mean, my parents, um, they've been divorced like over 20 years, but they would fight about money constantly, just like constantly fighting about money. And it wasn't even because there wasn't enough. It was just because like two crazy people, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. They were constantly fighting about money. It's just kind of like it can... And I think what that also gave me was like my own kind of like messed up way of thinking about money, my own kind of like weird thoughts about like the way money should be spent. And not to say mine are like weirder or or less weird than someone else's or right or wrong, but like I did have like a certain thought process about money, which wasn't necessarily the healthiest, just watching two people like fight about it constantly. So I think that like, that was something I personally had to work through. And I think, and I work through that with a therapist, like currently, because it's just kind of like, just, you want to, you want to, again, like kind of maintain a team-like aspect. So I think the figuring out the way someone thinks about money and more importantly, like, why do they think that? Like, let's say they, they think it should be percentages versus like equal or something like that, or you should pay the whole rent or they should pay the whole rent. Um, I think it's more like, why is that your mindset? And like, where does that thought process come from? And sort of unpacking that. And then I think you'll understand where they're coming from more and seeing if you can meet somewhere in the middle or seeing if you can agree on something. Um, I think it just, those are just super important conversations to have because the longer you're together, the bigger ticket decisions you're making, the more your finances are intertwined, the more someone else's fi- financial decisions packed you. If someone's a reckless spender, uh, that's not going to get better the further into your relationship you get, that's probably going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel like moving in is the time that salaries get discussed or disclosed in relationships? Or do you feel like that's something that should come up before that, or it comes up naturally or, because I think that's the part that people kind of struggle with is being like, this is how much money I make. And it's a very like full trust thing. You're fully letting someone in. And especially, you know, quote, if there's no ring yet, a lot of men might feel, well, I don't want to disclose that fully because is that the reason they're with me or staying with me or, or now want to get a place together, et cetera. That's when you get the W-2s when you apply. You got to both uh, get that credit That's check. point. Very true. Right? Yeah. But you can, you, can, so you can send them separately. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's t- it's, right. It's it's tough to hide, I think, in that in that sense. And I think if you're trying to hide it by the time you're moving in together, like it's a little, should you be moving in together if you can't be like honest with someone about how much money you're making? To me, that would be like a little bit of a red flag. Like if we're trying to like, become closer in this way but you're still not really like divulging mm-hmm. all the information about yourself then I would think that was a red flag what do you think Jared I mean you and I have tackled this in two totally different ways like I, I <laughs> hate <laughs> <talking about> this. 
I hear Jordana talk about this, and I'm like, this is so well thought out. This is so uh, organized. I'm like, yeah, whatever. We'll move in. Sounds great. Um, uh, like, I'm eyeballing. I'm like, yeah, I can afford that. I can't afford this. This is my, you know, I, I you know, my girlfriend, her name's on the lease. I'm not even on the lease because she already lived in the building. So it was like one of those, like, in-building transfers that, like, you didn't have to go through that oh, stuff. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. And Which is exactly, like, as you all know, that's a pleasure yeah. in New York, but it also <laughs> allows for us to glide over you know, real <laughs> subjects where it's like, and I do think for a lot of men, it's a little harder to like reveal these things. Like, I, I think like, cause it's like a little bit of like, how big's your dick? You know, like it's, <laughs> it, I think true. that's, and it's like, and it's not the idea of making less than your partner because i think that's kind of where this conversation normally goes like yeah you haven't you're intimidated by a woman making a lot of money i think it's more that like have i positioned myself to look like something i'm not Mm -hmm. i think that's the thing because guys try to impress women guys want women to like them um yes women want men to like them too but i'm saying like the idea of how you court and like I'll pay for the dinner, like a lot of that stuff for a guy is like the the curtains are being drawn. Like, oh, that's what the pulley system looks like. That, oh, that's how we made the drinks happen. That's why we've only gone out once a week or twice a week, or that's why he cooks for me. So I think for a lot, of, you know, like I I do think like again these conversations go down one road, but it's not even the right road. Like the right road is like, you know, it's the same thing in dating when you're like. Hey, like when a woman has to be like, hey, are we like together? Kind of like, oh, the music stopped, you know, like you guys like and it's like you guys don't want to have that conversation. You want the guy to be like, we're together. I love you. Let's go to the next level. You don't want to have to like you want to keep the illusion going. And it's like I think that's a part of it for a lot of men where it's like there's a little bit of an illusion like, oh, like I took you on that date. Now, you know how much that date was a big or small deal to me. And I think that's. I think that's difficult. I think that's hard. And it's and I think it's harder, again, based on the age of the relationship. If you're, you know, 40 dating someone who's 30, that's a different type of reveal than 24. And you have the post-college job that's in an office that, you know, you kind of know what everyone makes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, I think, Jordana, I'm similar to you in having like these sort of like fears a little bit when it comes to money. And I think it's because when I was like 16, I was allowed to be a bank teller for some reason in my town. <laughs> I have no idea where why. are you from? <laughs> very, very, very small what town. Mayberry. Yeah. yeah. Norwich, New York, baby. Yeah. Upstate. Shout out. Uh, no, my sister and I look a lot alike. And I think I got the job because a lot of people thought I was her. And she's like seven <laughs> years older. Because people be like, oh, hey. I was like, no, nope, not me. Um, this bank really <laughs> yeah. needs to be investigated. <laughs> yeah. By the FCC, yeah. Yeah, Molly approved people for loans. Yeah. I did, yeah. I was, oh, you I, did? I couldn't I even drive. It. Yeah, I was doing, I was half the signatures on all that. You need oh. two signatures. So I was doing like intense finance work before I was doing like advanced math. Um, and so, uh, but because of that, I saw so many people who you think that are really financially secure. I was actually managing their like overdrawn accounts and bounced checks and um, like really, really saw people that you thought had it together could not manage their finances and tons of loans and all that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I think it put this fear of what do you do when you finally get in that situation with someone and you realize 
they can't manage money at all because it's so much more common than I ever thought until I had access to an entire town's bank account. I, I, I had a very similar kind of experience to you where I, I, I sold life insurance. And mm-hmm. when you meet with people for life insurance, a lot of life insurance salesmen call themselves financial advisors, mm-hmm. which they, you know, that is tr- a true title, I guess. But um, you have to ask them like, and I remember we would meet with people that were like working at like Goldman Sachs and you'd be like, well, that's the bank that everyone wants to work at. Yeah. And these, and you'd be like, how much do you make? What do you do a month on this? What do you do a month on that? Like you'd have to go through like a financial profile. Mm-hmm. The amount people knew was shocking. Like yeah. how little they knew, like how little they knew about what they spend versus what they make. And then like how much they were leaning on bonuses. Mm-hmm. Like, you it, again, just like it, it, it's almost like you're cutting open the stomach of a bear and seeing what they ate, yeah. you know, like and you're like, you're like, oh, my God, there's a tire in here. You're like, <laughs> it's like and it's like it is shocking because these are people that worked in finance. And then it's like you come to realize it's like the old saying is like or it's been said probably a million times. Like, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you spend. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're a spender, then and you're dating a spender, that can be a lot of fun. Uh, and then it's not fun anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, when we talk about like talking salary or starting to combine finances, a lot of people are like, oh, I have no qualms about, I'll tell you how much I make. I'll open a joint bank account. We split the rent. It's easy. But then when you go like real deep dive is like, I've, we've had people message in the pod being like, well, I don't want them to see like my investment account though. Or mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I would ever like add them to that account kind of situation or their 401k. And so it's like all those other things are also in this conversation, but usually not fully addressed. And like we've said in the episode, it's like, yeah, because a 401k is much higher when you're 36 than when you're 23. Right. So you're looking mm-hmm. at it like, man, I built this and I don't want to basically destroy it or lose it, you know, so... I think this is kind of a fun question of the male versus female perspective of do you think you'd feel lesser than your partner if you paid less money for things like rent in the relationship? Would I feel lesser? I don't um, I don't know that I'd feel lesser. I have like a complex about money, I would say, about like ha- having it as power because mm-hmm. it was always that sort of like how it was seen in my family, like the person with the more with more money just had more power. Um, so I think that that's like, that's something I'm trying to personally work through. So I think it would be great to not feel that way, but I think I would have, I might have like something in the back of my head that would make me feel like I was less powerful, which is a fucked up thing way to think, but I do think it's still like sort of there. What do you think, Jared? I, I would, again, like I, it's in a, it's, it's funny. Like the, you know, we live in 2021 where it's like the person I want to be versus the person I am. And like, I agree with Jordana, like just paying less than my partner for where I'm living. I would just be like, I don't really know how I would be okay with that. But like, I I can understand how someone would like, I can understand where it's like, this is the dynamic of the relationship. This person offers that to me, makes me feel comfortable being in that position. But I personally wouldn't feel comfortable. You know, like it's like I, but I'm sure you'd like to theoretically. Yeah, I would like it would have to be the situation again. Like so many of the dating questions we talk about are situation based, and it's like, like I could understand. Like this happens with weddings a lot, where you know you have this old school like the the dad of the bride pays for the wedding. That's like an old school like type of thought. 
sometimes there's a situation where the and you hear about this sometimes where the the future husband is so loaded that they're like you can't afford the wedding i need to throw Mm. yeah (laughs) you you hear about these things Mm -hmm. all the time where it's like that guy's the billionaire marries the millionaire and it's like (laughs) and the billionaire goes I appreciate it, but we have such needs. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute yeah. that you want to. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the scenario I want to be in, where someone is so loaded that they're like, they're like, I have a living standard that you cannot understand, but I love you so much, but I would still need to pay. Like, that, again. But if it we was must clo- have the fountains. <laughs> is, you know, uh, yeah. I appreciate yeah, <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that you want, you know, a toilet with a, you know, you don't need a guest bath. But listen, <laughs> I come from a different like that. To me, that's one of those scenarios where you go, OK, I understand it. I'm melt. I'm made to feel comfortable. I don't feel like I think if it's close, I'm just like, then we'll live in a cheaper place. You know, mm-hmm. like I'd rather live in a cheap in a place I could afford than in a place where I felt like I wasn't doing my part is my yeah I can agree with that I think a lot of men especially would I think feel that way I think it is a little bit of a double standard Mm -hmm. um in that sense I think there's a lot more women who would be like I live in a place that I could potentially (laughs) afford (laughs) well I think also because men look at like if they were paying less they wouldn't usually in their brain be like oh I'll just make sure I like clean up extra or get groceries <laughs> yeah. like they don't want to take that role so they're like I would rather just pay half and there's no pressure on yeah. me to do xyz where I think a lot of women would just be like okay I'll just make sure I like do a little extra around the house and he'll appreciate it and like then it feels even but personally I would hate that pressure yeah, <laughs> yeah. also a lot of men can live in squalor like I, I like the, I, the idea that the idea that I need certain things like I need space and fine you know like right like, and that kind of goes back to like my apartment that i was that i own is in harlem like you know you know my girlfriend was like i don't want to live uptown i want to be near my friends i want to be downtown i feel more comfortable downtown fine like but to me i was like oh i feel she was like i don't feel safe in certain parts of you know harlem coming home at night i'm a young woman i understand that like that's something i don't think about and it's like, I think a lot of men are like, yeah, I'll live in the cheaper place that's bigger, but maybe in a part of town where a woman might, might not feel as safe as she would be, feel in a place that she does feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think so much of someone's attitude about how they spend money and where they spend money and what's important, what they value, just is so directly linked to how they were brought up and how money was yeah. treated in their family. It's like, I think, Jared, we've discussed this before where you're like, yeah. in my family, like, if you wanted something, you just got it. You weren't waiting for like your birthday or like Hanukkah or something like that. <laughs> sure, like you just yeah, got yeah. it. You just like whatever you wanted. If you, if you, you know what I mean? If you needed it, you oh. just got it then. And I think that's like, that is indicative of a certain like familial way of that's how we see money. When we need something, mm-hmm. we just get it. There's it's there. Um, But I think that I thought it was thought that was interesting. Cause I mean, like, I have eight siblings. So it was like, that wasn't really the, uh, the, mo- like the, <laughs> The attitude, yeah. I would say, not that mine was better or worse. It was definitely messed up in a lot of ways. But I think I always thought that was like interesting that totally. And and that's not something you can like unlearn. That's like comfortability. That's also like telling like your partner, like he like also having the 
the awareness. And I think that also comes with like age of like knowing what type of data you are, where your trigger points are. Like, I think like, you know, it's really easy after a relationship to go, Oh, it was all that person's fault, but it's a lot harder to go. Well, this is how I am with money. This is how I love. This is how I, you know, like, (laughs) you know, like this is how I'm a bad partner and maybe things I should look at for the next one or warn the next one about like, where you go, listen, you know, and just like Jordana's saying, like, if you're getting with a family where they're like, yeah, we don't, gifts aren't important, like, you might not be able to, like, teach that old dog a new trick about gifts. Or mm-hmm. you might have to let them know, like, hey, this is important to me. I need a Hanukkah gift for every night of Hanukkah. This is how I do it. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I, you know. I think this comes with like learning your way through how you feel with relationships and how you deal with people. Yeah. Like I need the birthday card and the yeah. gift. Yeah. <laughs> I want the card That's- more, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, well, I think you bring up a really good point with family and that they play such a huge role in everything. And I think also a lot of times family try to give unsolicited advice about money and how couples should spend it. So what do you guys think um, people should do if their partner's family is giving some unsolicited advice about their finances? Can you give me an example? Like maybe if they're moving in together and the boyfriend's mom is saying, you know, like, can you really afford that apartment? Should you be going there? How much is she paying? Like really trying to get into like the nitty gritty of their finances. Jared, what do you think? I think you have to be aware of how connected you are to your family with finances anyways. So you have to kind of do the math on do they have a right? to say something just because I, I think like a lot of people are like stay out of my life. And it's like, well, you also, um, I also help pay for your rent for the first five years out of college. Like <laughs> yeah. that, you know, so it's like, you have to take a little bit of like, you know, you have to take a, some stock and how you financially relate to your family where they might look at this person and say, Hey, we've been, hel- we are, we're, we're the original investors in you. And we <laughs> see the company going down a road that doesn't make sense with our investment strategy. Like if you think of things that way and also think of things with the, that your family is just there because they love you. They all, you know, I I don't think any family gives advice because they want to see you do worse off. So I think like it's easy to stiff arm family with that stuff. Cause it's like, you don't understand. You don't get our love. And it's like, no, they understand a little bit. They're seeing from another perspective take them for their word. But I also think with all these things, you have to do the equation. You have to go, okay. And the equation isn't generally it's, you know, it's, it it involves uh, adding emotion into it, which is the hardest part. Like, okay. You, people make a lot of money mistakes because of love. Like that is a (laughs) very true, very real thing. People make you know, people will do things out of love that make them financially worse off. Like, so I, I think, think the whole like, concept of engagement rings, right? Uh, yeah. Show me how much you love me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By paying an absurd amount of money for something yeah. that no one really needs. Yeah. So parents are, yeah, exactly. Tell them, and, Jordana. And, and, I, don't know. Right. I mean, I'll keep it. But, yeah. I'm putting, I'm putting that on the card inside of Tiffany, an empty Tiffany's box for my fiance, Jordana, dash Jordana. Oh, yeah, that's my quote. That's the Jordana method. Yeah. Yeah, the new one. Um, but I do think like you have to admit to how much your family's involved in the first place. If they aren't, 
yeah, you're you're the CEO. Make your own decisions. But you have to also like own up to like, you, you know, know, are you, you financially involved with your own family as well? Like, I think that makes sense that they feel some they feel they should say something. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the more financially intertwined you are with your family, the more that should be expected. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. But if you if you are financially independent, I would imagine that would give anyone else in your family a lot less power to think they have a right to, to comment on those decisions. Yeah, I've known families to make the comment of like, hey, if you're going to move in with your partner, just know that like nothing's coming from the bank from us anymore. Not that mm. if they <laughs> even were fully reliable, but they basically were like, if there's problems, that's on you guys. This You're making this decision. Right. This is your partner. You're moving in. That means we're out of the equation. And it's almost maybe a family's way of being like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to <laughs> I've, <get> heard, <laughs> I've heard of guys who like move into apartments that someone's like the parents own mm. and their parents are kind of like, if you want to live in this apartment, you have to like marry her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're, like, they're basically like, not if there's a ring, because we're not going to let yeah. you live here for like, free. I'm not pay- well, I can sort of see that where it's like, I'm not paying for this guy to live in this apartment. Yeah, he's real yeah. comfy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to pay, pay rent or get a ring. Yeah. I dated someone who owned her, whose family owned their place and it was like a beautiful place. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. You know, like, and you're like, I could see myself here. (laughs) Start like moving furniture around. But you do understand where that comes from for like, you know, family money. This is all the hardest stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is all like that's why like the Jordana method, like the this is the card. Like it makes it so simple, makes such a difficult thing so much simpler. And um, that's all that stuff is so intertwined. And then like you see it when like, you see it with your family as uh, relatives pass away. Like when a grandparent ra- pass away, like I, um, you know, Jews have the Shiva call, which is like a bunch of nights where people come to the house and like bring food. And, but then it's like all the cousins. I remember like being at like family things, like being at a Shiva call for like my grandmother. And you just see all the cousins like walking around, like it was a flea market. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> this is, uh, the, and then, you're like, oh, we're going to have issues. Like, this is going to be like yeah. 10 years of like who gets what. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's it's not something you can really ever avoid the discomfort, discomfort mm-hmm. with that conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great you guys are normalizing the conversation. I think it's like definitely something that's very like, you know, people want to like tiptoe around. Um, but it's, it is really important. Yeah. And um, all right. So we have survey time. All right, so first, we have some fuck, marry, kills. Financial edition. All right, first one, fuck, marry, kill. Won't buy anything unless it's on sale. Will only travel using travel points. Will not buy house supplies until you're all out. For example, toilet paper. Okay, I would kill the person with the who won't buy more household things until they're out. That's a big pet peeve of mine. That's why I have like 40 rolls of toilet paper in my apartment. I agree with Jordan on that. The kill. I'll, I'll, let's start. We'll, I'm with you. Kill because I'm a person that will go on Amazon and order like thousands of cups, <laughs> and like, like to, to be, be without, without yeah, yeah, to be without like a paper cup in the morning to eat, drink my coffee. I would be so. I'll, we'll both kill the, the supplies. <laughs> kill house supplies, and then we have travel only with travel points, and won't buy anything unless it's on sale. So what are we gonna fuck, and what are we gonna marry? 
I'm going to marry the travel points person because I feel like it's more fun because like, uh, wait, no, I'm going to marry the sale person because it's more fun to travel with someone that you're just having sex with. So maybe it's the opposite. I don't even know. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I, I think the, the idea of the goal of the points together, like that's a fun couple thing. The problem is once you're on the trip, like you want to like spend, you're on vacation. If, if, if now is the time to penny pinch, then we live very unfun life. Like if I can't be like, let's get the nicer room or whatever. So I'm, I'm killing the, you're, the we already points. killed the, we <laughs> already killed the <laughs> household fucking, items. Fucking I'm fucking points. the point. I'm fucking the travel points person. I'm marrying the sale person, the sale person, because that, that's like everyday stuff. Like, like, who doesn't love telling people they got something on sale? Like, that's great. Fair. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, and, and inspired by your podcast, we're going to do a couple red flag deal breakers. So, <laughs> red flag or deal breaker. Whenever you get something new, they always ask you how much you spent. Red flag. Anything new, how much you spent? Yeah, they always ask you. How much was it? Deal, deal breaker. Just because I can't deal with the person being like, like, everything. Everything. Well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm caught, that's like the first thing I tell someone whenever I get a compliment on anything. I'm like, thanks. It was whatever amount. Women, but women do that. Women yeah, do that. Like, it, like uh, oh, I, I love your shirt. It was on sale. Only cost this. Oh yeah. my God. Where'd you find it? It's as if you're like this, like you guys all want to like, there's a dick swinging competition of like that. You guys are all explorers that found the right thing at Bloomingdale's. Like there's like, right. Without having yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. Know. Bargain hunters. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next one. Red flag or deal breaker. Whenever you go out to eat, they always try to guess the check total. My family does that. I'm a, uh, that's, a, that's a fine. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> My family does it too. <laughs> yeah. That's how I thought of it. <laughs> it's like a weird game. Like, how much do we think we spent? <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I, especially when they... We, and, like, you know what would make me love the person if I was, like... We do it Price is Right style, and then they know what I'm talking about. Like, that's an endearing thing. Price is Right style is a, that you can you can guess it, but if you go over, then yeah. you're out. We play that, too. You got to be under. Yeah. That's fun. I'm going to start playing that. Okay. You're in. All right. Uh, how about they buy you something like a new shirt, then later Venmo you for half? I'd be out. Deal breaker. It's, Deal it's breaker. a weird... Yeah, that, that's... It's a weird amount of, like mental fucking math that I don't want to have to do with every fucking gift. Mm. I would just be super resentful. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Okay. So you pay for half of a birthday gift for your partner's mom. Then when they give, give her the gift, they say it's just from them. Purposely. Yeah. That's a, that's a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they just, they leave you out of it. They didn't like think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd almost be annoyed if they said it was just from them, even if I didn't pay for it. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your mom. You pay for it, but put this me on the card. It's from me, Jordana. It's from us. Yeah, no, no always, always from us. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one, Jordana uh, and Jared. They always get you a gift for holidays slash birthdays, but they never get you a card. First time, I think it's okay because they don't know. But once I've like made it clear that I want a card and I don't get one, that's fine. But Mike, my fiance, does not care at all about cards, so. <laughs> He would not care. What about? 
I'm a lot like Mike. I, I just, I'm the worst gift receiver ever. Like, I just don't look appreciative enough. I don't know when the, <laughs> when does the parade of me thanking you end? I have no idea how to handle it. And I've noticed that that is something that I've noticed about myself in my older age, that I've less a good receiver than I should be. So I, it, the, the card, I'd be okay. Not, not a big deal. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This was awesome. Um, and everybody, make sure you check out the You Up podcast if you haven't already. And follow Jordana at Jordana Abraham and Jared at Jared Freed. This was so, so fun. Thank you guys so much. This was great. This thank was you pleasure. so much. Thank you Have so a great much. weekend, guys. guys. Yeah, Bye.